Grace and peace, family. You are listening to the Brown Chapel Baptist Church Place of Growth podcast. I am your host, Pastor J. Ricardo Smith, and I can't tell you how excited I am to be able to share this amazing new method of ministry with you. This new medium that we have that is ours to minister to you through podcasts. It's something that I listen to on a daily basis in some way, shape, or form. If it's ministry podcast, if it's sports podcast, if it's just a lifestyle and entertainment podcast, I have fallen in love with podcasting, listening to them, and being able to multitask and do other things. But I'm most excited about having the opportunity to be able to have our very own podcast to continue to share the word of God with you. Uh, We want to encourage you through this method. We want to uh, edify and uplift you in this season. And we also want to educate you. We want to be able to share uh, and stretch you uh, through the word of God and in some extraordinary ways. And so we have some amazing content prepared for you. Um, We have some amazing things lined up and we're going to use this, this particular podcast for a number of different ways. But I just want to share some housekeeping things before we begin uh, our first Bible study in this method. And that is, number one, we want to continue to improve the quality of this podcast. And so if you're listening to this, uh, it may not be uh, the most optimal audio that you're listening to. And that is because um, this is something that we've done uh, very quickly in an effort to be able to still offer ministry while we cannot meet physically as a, as a result of uh, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 strain, but we wanted to make sure we started this method, something we've been discussing for some time. And we pray that in due time and in due season, uh, in the very near future, that we will be able to continue to improve the quality of this presentation. And so if the Lord has placed it upon your heart to partner with us in this capacity, I want to encourage you to go to our church's website, and that is www.bcoconing.org. That's www.oconee.org. That's O-C-O-N-E-E.org. And you can um, find our giving tab there where you can give through Givelify or through PayPal in a very safe and secure way. Uh, But we want to thank you in advance uh, for partnering with us uh, to continue to expand this ministry work that God has assigned to our church. And also, I want you to be patient with me. This is a brand new thing. It's a learning curve that I have, but I'm so excited to do it. I'm so excited to explore new levels of creativity, of being able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ um, with our church family and to the body of Christ at large. And perhaps that even through this podcast, we'll be able to evangelize those who have never heard the gospel before. I mean, this is an amazing time for the church. You're going to hear that in this Bible study. And so I want to thank you in advance again for being with us. Now that that is out of the way, I want to share our first uh, virtual, our first audio Bible study with you through this method. This Place of podcast is going to be great for us because I believe it is the Lord's way of pushing us into our destiny for 2020 and beyond. Every year I take time to seek God on the direction he would have us to go as a ministry for the upcoming year, uh, not to just put a theme out um, to cover every cliche in the book, uh, but to actually seek God on what God is saying uh, to the Brown Chapel Church 
to the place of growth in this season. And as I sought God, I do it every year around September, October. I start uh, to be, be in prayer over it, to jot down notes as God speaks it. And then uh, every year, the first week of December, I would take a retreat and come back to share with our church uh, for our vision night what God is saying for us for the new year. This year, I was unable to take the retreat uh, for a number of different factors. Uh, many of you know, I also host a conference called the Classic City Conference in Athens, Georgia uh, for pastors and church leaders. And so because I was unable uh, to travel, I uh, sought God and in, in the midst of seeking God, it wasn't as clear as I had heard him in years past. And so I didn't know if it was because of the the we did not take the retreat that uh, my wife and I normally take, um, or was it simply that God had not clearly spoken uh, what he wanted for us? Um, I share with our church that our focus for the year would be clear vision for complete victory. I heard God clearly say we would preach through the book of Acts. And so uh, as a result, uh, we started them we started in January to preach through the book of Acts, but it wasn't until uh, after the Classic City Conference that a dear friend, Reverend Dr. Charles Goodman, preached a message um, that dealt with cloudy vision. And I felt that that was where God had me uh, in this season, that we wanted 2020 to be, you know, 2020 vision is supposed to be perfect vision. And so we were so excited about entering into 2020, but I felt that uneasiness because I knew that some things were cloudy. And as we've entered into the first three months of this year, uh, whether it be the uh, the deaths of some major figures, whether that be uh, in the entertainment world or even in the church world, um, if it if you would also take time to examine a lot of different things that are going on in the climate today, and especially what we're wrestling with now, uh, with being self-quarantined as a result of this new strain of the coronavirus, I clearly see now what God was saying to us. Number one, uh, that we can still experience complete and total victory in every area of our lives. We can still have clarity on our vision, but in the process of clarity, it's going to be some cloudy days. And also, uh, I saw very clearly why God has taken us through the book of Acts, because the book of Acts, as we were seeking to align our church with the early church to examine the scriptures, to see what the original intent of the church was, and to see how far away the modern church has drifted from it, God has called us back to the book of Acts. And so, uh, as we continue this journey, I'll be spending time sharing uh, with you, not just from our sermons on Sundays, but even in our study, we will be going through the book of Acts. Acts chapter 8 is actually where we are now. And so I want to ask that you would open your Bibles or go to your device, whatever it is that you use to read the Word of God, uh, that you would call family and friends in together, that we might study together the Word of God. Acts chapter 8 is where we are, beginning at verse number 1. And if you read Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse 1, it says that Saul approved of his execution. I want to make sure that you understand who the he is that is being executed in this text. The person who's being executed, uh, who has been executed rather, is found in Acts chapter 7. It is Stephen. Uh, Stephen uh, was introduced to us in Acts chapter 6. 
The word deacon is never mentioned, but we do see the work of the diaconate that is present there in Acts chapter 6. He's one of the seven that has been chosen to carry on the responsibility of supporting the apostles in the ministry work. And then in chapter 7, he defends his faith. He stands strong on what he believes. He continues to preach and to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so in Acts chapter 7, uh, he loses his life. He is murdered. He is the first martyr that we find in the scriptures. And so in Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse 1, it tells us that Saul who we will learn more about. Bible scholars know uh, that we got a lot to say about Saul as we continue uh, throughout the New Testament to see uh, his life and his transition. But also we see that it says that he approved of his execution being Stephen. And it says that after that in verse one, that uh, arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. After this has taken place, there was great persecution that came against the church of Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Wow, verse one is so loaded. I don't want to spend the entire time of this podcast on verse one, but I do want to show you some great things that are here uh, that will help us and to understand what God is saying to us even in these times. That great persecution rose against the church and as a result of the persecution, they were all scattered. I don't want you to miss this, that after the attack came against the church, now the church is no longer going to be housed in Jerusalem only. But what Jesus tells them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, where he tells them to stay here until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And once you've received that power of the Holy Spirit, you will go out and that Holy Spirit will empower you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where they are, but not just there, but in Judea, in Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And so I want you to see what happens here. In verse one, it says that when the persecution, when the attacks came against the church in Jerusalem, then they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, even uh, and except the apostles. They were all scattered about because God uses the most painful moment that they experienced to be able to disperse them, to continue to do ministry, and to fulfill the prophecy that had already been ordained in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You stay here, you get this power, you get the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Now you're going to be on fire for the church. You're going to help build the church. And there's going to be great attacks that come against the church. But in spite of the great attacks that come, God's going to use that for his glory so that you won't just remain here, but that the gospel will spread to other places. I'm trying to not get ahead of myself and not preach through this podcast, but I've got to let you know that that is what's taking place in the world today. We are frustrated at times, even um, in conversations. I've seen arguments amongst pastors on social media about should churches be closed or should churches not be closed in this season? If the governor, if the president, if mayors are not uh, issuing mandates and, man and there's a mandatory closing of churches. I was on a call earlier today uh, where Governor Kemp said that he was not issuing a mandate over churches, but he would expect faith leaders to exercise wisdom and good judgment in keeping crowds um, to less than 10 people. And if there are more than 10, having six 
feet apart. And then even as they've shared that a lot of deaths have taken place um, throughout the state of Georgia because of large uh, gatherings within churches. Um, what I'm trying to express to us is this, instead of us fighting about should a church be closed or should a church not be closed, we should really take time to examine what God is doing. God has closed the doors of the building so that we would actually go out and be the church. It's person you we we the the experience of pain we have right now of not being able to physically meet pales in comparison to the persecution that the church received in the early church in Acts. But as a result, they did not allow their their discomfort to prevent them from doing ministry. And so while we are displaced, it is uncomfortable. But we will not allow our discomfort to keep us from doing the responsibility of ministry that God has called us to do. While we cannot get to Jerusalem, while Jerusalem is not going to be our stopping place, God is moving us into the Judeas, into the Samarias, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Through technology, don't miss it, you're listening to a podcast today. You watched pastor share the message on Sunday through YouTube or social media. We're trying to show you that even through this, God is trying to get the attention of the church at large to see that I don't need you to just stop and have worship in the building. That's nice. That's great. That's typically just for those who are already a part of the body of Christ anyway. Very seldomly, um, that we, we thank God for those who come and accept Christ uh, through invitation, those who uh, are visiting our churches. But we can't miss that the masses that need to hear the gospel will not enter into the four walls of the church. What a great time for the church to be able to get to them. Great persecution came against the church. We see Stephen's execution that was Saul's approval. And as a result, we see that Luke has shown us, Luke, the author of the book of Acts, he's showing us the important events that have taken place that leads to the continued expansion of the church. In Acts chapter 2, the church was added to daily. By the time we got to Acts chapter 6, it says that the church was being multiplied uh, daily. And so now we see in chapter 8 that this great building of thousands who have connected to the way, who have connected as disciples of Jesus Christ, they are now leading to the expansion where they go out except the apostles. I'll come back to that. Let me close with that thought. They go out, except the apostles. And then verse two says that devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. Great sorrow. They have mourned the death of Stephen. But Saul was ravaging the church and entered house after house. And this Saul, who was this great persecutor of the church, went from house to house, dragging out men and women and had them committed to prison. But verse four, we'll talk more about Saul in future podcasts, but verse four, verse one and verse four is really all the time that I have for today because um, I'm, I'm full off of just sharing this. But chapter eight, verse four says, now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Those who were scattered went about preaching the word. We're introduced uh, in the, the next verse to a man by the name of Philip. 
Philip will be our next time of sharing, perhaps in the sermonic presentation that we share on Sunday. But Philip took the gospel into Samaria. And by taking it into Samaria, um, he will, will further come in contact with an, Ep an Ethiopian eunuch. Um, we'll find out more about that. But again, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is present here because getting to Samaria, Ethiopia is the uttermost parts of the earth from Jerusalem to, to Judea. I really want to spend time studying that because I want to encourage those uh, who have been influenced by individuals who would have you to believe um, that Christianity is a white man's religion. Uh, that couldn't be further from the truth. And we have biblical support here in Acts chapter 8. But I don't have time to teach that tonight. But come back. I cannot wait to dig deeper into that. But we find that Stephen is mentioned in chapter seven, going into chapter eight. He's one of the six, one, excuse me, one of the seven chosen in Acts chapter six. And then we see now Philip is getting ready to do his ministry, beginning in Acts chapter eight, verse five, that we were also introduced to Philip in Acts chapter six, because Philip was one of the seven that was chosen. What's significant in that is that we know Stephen, we know Philip, and all of their names are listed in Acts chapter 6. All seven of those brothers who were chosen to help those widows have food, to make sure that there was equity um, in the body of Christ. Um, those seven were chosen, but I do not want you to miss this. While those seven were chosen, we were introduced to the ministry work of Stephen and Philip. I'm going to say that again. While seven were chosen, we're introduced to detailed um, aspects of the ministry work of Stephen and Philip. Why is that significant? It's significant to us because these particular brothers, these other five were present doing work. And it wasn't that their work was what wasn't on the level of Stephen and Philip. I'm not going to try to argue that through the text today. But what I am trying to show you is that when you do the work of ministry, when you're called to the work of service, when you're called to the work of a deacon, when you're called uh, to, to, to be of a support to the Lord's church, which is supporting the people in the church, it is not to have your names and lights and it is not to look for recognition. As a matter of fact, serving in ministry oftentimes is a thankless job until you hear from your father, well done. And so you can't be in ministry looking for recognition. We find Stephen, we find Philip. We don't hear mention of the other ones. But what we do know is that the witnesses have been dispersed. They took the seed of the gospel with them wherever they went. Don't miss it. They were dispersed. They were displaced. They were scattered. But they took the seed of the gospel in this dispersion with them. Scattered literally means uh, in the Greek um, that they were seed that was sown. As a result of them being persecuted, they're pushed out of Jerusalem, but God starts to scatter, to disperse them, to literally throw them out as seed to be sown, to share the gospel, to preach the gospel, to minister the gospel in other places. That's where we get the word diaspora from. It is significant to us because God never intended for the gospel to be housed in one place. 
And so in order to get us out of that place, perhaps God has to send persecution. Perhaps God has to permit and allow plagues and pestilence to come. Perhaps God has to allow something called the coronavirus to get you to stay your behinds at home, but to also get your behinds out of the church. And to find creative ways, innovative ways to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Persecution was hard on Christians, but it was good for the church. Persecution resulted in the death for some, but it also dispersed the disciples into a wider range and a wider area of ministry. The gospel message is in view and they have dealt with the persecution faithfully. And as a result of dealing with persecution faithfully, now God has used this persecution, this time of attacks, this time of, of, of sorrow, this time of frustration. God has used it to get positive results for the church. I said I was going to keep you for only 30 minutes, so let me hurry on and share this. God is getting ready to get some positive results out of this. What the enemy has meant for evil, God turns for our good. And we know all things work together for good to them who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. That God is going to use this persecution. God is going to use this period of isolation to get great glory and positive results. As I was studying through these verses, and I told you I could only get to verse four before I started shouting myself. Um, but as I studied these verses, I'm reminded of a message um, that is uh, what I would call uh, one of the greatest messages on evangelism that I've ever heard. Uh, it is from one of my personal heroes, one of my mentors, my godfather, the Reverend Dr. Richard Benjamin Haynes, uh, the senior pastor of the Salem Missionary Baptist Church in Lilburn, Georgia. And pastor Haynes uh, was preaching uh, one of my anniversaries, and I remember it like it was yesterday. He was preaching uh, from Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20, that passage of scripture that we often refer to as the Great Commission. Um, I've heard people uh, call it the Great Commission. I've heard people even refer to it as the Great Omission. And as I tell you how Pastor Haynes set up the sermon, it will make a whole lot of sense to you as to why I mentioned the Great Omission. Pastor Haynes is telling us that that text that tells us to go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I'll be with you always, even to the ends of the world. That particular passage of scripture, uh, Pastor Haynes was sharing with us that we know the who in the text. We know uh, the what in the text. We know the where in the text. But what we do not see in the text is the how. I hope y'all hear me that we know the what of the text, that is the gospel message that we have to preach. We know the who in the text, that we have a responsibility that ourselves to go ye therefore, to do the work of ministry. Um, we, we know the what, and that is to teach and to baptize. But the how is 
mysteriously missing. I think he called it the missing how. It's the great omission because while we know what we are to do, we know that is to share the gospel and to do ministry. How we do it is not present in the text because the how changes with the times. I hope y'all hear me today because the message we preach never changes. The gospel never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We don't preach a new gospel, but we may have to package and present it in new ways. And so Pastor Haynes has shared that message. I forget where I heard another message preached on the Great Commission, but as that message was being shared, they, they, we, we saw that there was... Um, some alliteration that that particular preacher used. And in the alliteration, he says, we got a mandate in the text. We got a mission in the text. We have a ministry in the text. We have a messenger in the text. And I had to teach a class for pastors following that particular message. And I made sure I jotted down notes while he was preaching. It was a great message on evangelism. But while we were together in the class, I said uh, to him, even as he was president in that class, um, we see the mandate, we see the mission, we see the ministry, we see the messenger, but we do not see the method. I want to say that again. We see the mandate, we see the mission, we see the ministry, we see the messenger, but we do not see the method in the text. The method is the missing how. It is the great omission. God never intended for us to do it the same way all the time. Behold, I shall do a new thing. It shall spring forth. Can I tell you what God is doing in this season? God shut the doors of the church to spring forth some new and some wonderful things for the body of Christ. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why churches all over are straining. This past Sunday, uh, it looks like servers crashed everywhere, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere uh, because of the live stream that was going on. I, I'm talking uh, to app developers and to pastors alike, um, and people went crazy and lost their minds because last night they thought that all the sermon content was gone. They was getting ready to go out and protest at Facebook's headquarters because everybody's sermons were gone. Everybody's services were gone. But can I tell you what really happened? What really happened was that we took over the airwaves and we saw the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ being proclaimed in some bold and some creative and some unique. And even though some of us were a little bit afraid and fearful and scared because this was not our world and not our territory, God got the glory through it all because people, even reports are coming in of people who have accepted Christ through these new mediums. I've listened to friends share uh, their success stories as a result of the gospel going viral. And so I call this phrase that now Jesus is more viral than the virus. I said I wasn't going to preach, but somebody ought to shout right there. Jesus is more viral than the virus. He has more power than the virus, but it power will never manifest itself in its fullness if we remain in our closed-minded traditional contexts of sitting in the pews in the church. We've got to be scattered. Lord, I'm clapping on the podcast. Help me, Jesus. We've got to be scattered, y'all. And so I don't know. Everybody's not 
a pastor. Everybody's not a podcaster. Everybody doesn't have the same responsibility, but we all have a mandate to evangelize. And so in this season, I want you to study like never before. In this season, I want you to pray like never before. I want you to connect with Brown's Chapel through our virtual week uh, overview that you would find something to do in some way, shape or form. To Because even though we're not physically together, does not mean that we stop doing the work of the church. And can I say this? Especially for some churches that may still be needing and and, and, and pastors that are headstrong, that want to fight against the times and want to expose their people to illness because we know our God is a healer and, and we speak in all our unknown tongues and, 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 and declare that even if I die, then let me die in the army of the Lord. And, and for me to die is gain because I'm like, I want to be like Paul. No, you're being foolish. You're, you're being confrontational. You're being selfish because you want to continue to have church for your own selfish reasons. And you have to find church to be what you have to find it to be. Uh, and that is solely just physically coming together at 10 or 11 or whatever time your church meets and has operation. Uh, and you want to continue to have church and to book and to shout uh, and to and to rear back and to holler and squall as opposed to taking time to actually teach and ed educate your people and being good shepherds, not hirelings and not bad shepherds, but being good shepherds that would make some wise decisions to say that perhaps this is not the best thing for us to do in this season to expose our people to sickness, that I, that we are not doing our best to protect our people. And no, this is me, not me just being judgmental and judgmental and critical of pastors who have chosen to do things a certain way. I am trying to say, maybe perhaps God is trying to stretch you a bit to show you that you just having church is not all that he had intended for the church to do in the first place. Do outreach. Minister to your senior citizens that no matter what it is that you're preaching, they're living days in fear that every day may be their last. They're scared to walk out of their houses. And then they have practical needs while they're sitting at home. They may have medication that needs to get renewed. They may have uh, some needs of food and, and some of uh, the, the, the necessities of life. Minister to those needs. Offer some encouragement to your people in this season. I know this is supposed to be for Brown Chapel and I'm preaching to pastors, so forgive me. But I'm even preaching to myself. As much as I love church, it would not be wise for me to just sit around and be mad and upset because of what the coronavirus is doing. This is a season of stretching, and for God to say, there's more than one way for you to get the gospel out. So if I have to close one door to open another, I'll do it. If I have to tell y'all to stay at home for, for you to be still and watch me work, then I'll do it. If I have to shut you in to make you spend time with your family, then I'll do it. If I have to even keep you from going to work. And for those who are not in a salary position or don't have paid time off, uh, but 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 you are not working in this season has left you without income or things are sketchy and up in the air. Perhaps I have to call certain things to happen like this 
for you to draw nigh and draw close to me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins. I'll heal the land. He has displaced the church. We're not in Jerusalem anymore, but we're in Judea. We're, 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 we're on podcast. We're in Samaria. We're, we're on live streams. We're in the uttermost parts of the earth. The gospel is being proclaimed. To God be the glory for the great things he's done. Listen, I got to close. I've taken up over 30 minutes, but I pray that this podcast will be a blessing to your life. Um, as we share it and post it, I pray that you would share and post this with friends, with loved ones, um, with other church members who may not get the alerts as we share them. Uh, but I want to thank um, our team, our church leaders, our um Something you're going to hear more about in the near in the days to come, uh, but our communications and creative teams uh, that are trying their best to help us minister in times like these. Um, I'm just this is I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. And so let me stop talking. Uh, there are more po podcasts to come, uh, but I pray that you will meditate over all that has been shared. Uh, I pray that you are safe wherever you are. I pray that you are alert and paying close attention to emails and paying close attention to any other correspondence that comes from the church. And in the days and weeks to come, you're going to find some creative things, some things to get excited about through the Place of Growth podcast. Let me pray for you as we get off. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for showing us through your word what you're up to in this season. We thank you that even in the midst of great persecution, that you allowed your church to grow because they were scattered. Father, I thank you that even in the scattering, you left the apostles where they were. The apostles shifted from the role and the responsibility of foundation layers to fruit inspectors. They laid foundation for the initial cause of the church to establish the church. But then they went on to verify the work of others as fruit inspectors. Father, they stayed where they were but there were others that went out to minister. Father, I thank you that even in this time, you've got us staying where we are. But that doesn't change the fact that there's great ministry that's still being done. So, Father, we thank you for it all. We pray for the health and the safety of all those who are connected to our ministry, all those who are connected to the body of Christ. Father, we pray for the world at large. We pray for those who have been impacted greatly by this virus. And Father, we do believe that the end is near. So we trust you through it all. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Grace and peace. You be blessed. Continue to grow.